0: In five years, this area is going to totally
1: change. And yeah. what's, what's going to be interesting also is between the Fenton and the mall, I'll, I'll attach them together and the downtown, all that's going to kind of explode. So all the property in between yeah. is going to see a change as well. And that's yeah. your, uh, uh, your infill and redevelopment in there. And, and that yeah. includes, you know, large trailer parks are in that area. Right. And people are screaming right now about affordable housing. What are you going to do? Are you going to take those affordable housing trailers away? Oh, yeah. And throw these people out? You know, what's going to happen with that? Mm -hmm. So that'll be when you talk about tough decisions, when you get to that, somebody proposes, hey, I'm going to take away the trailer park and propose this instead. Now, I want to make sure anybody listening to this, nobody's proposed that, nobody's said that. I'm just speculating. (laughs) Not a thing, just speculating. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But if that happens, that'll be a very tough decision.
0: Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. all right well welcome to the guys who do stuff podcast i'm joe and i'm josh this is the show where we help you get unstuck tell a better story and have a great answer to the question what are you doing today and today we are honored yes very excited to have <laughs> Mayor Harold Weinbreck in the studio with us. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So excited to talk to you. Just want to start out by telling you guys a little bit about the mayor, if you don't know him yet. Uh, Kerry Mayor Harold Weinbeck was elected to Kerry Town Council for the first time in 1999 as an at-large representative. Then and now, Mayor Harold believes that the role of local government is to maintain a high quality of life for our citizens by providing crucial infrastructure and valuable amenities. Then, as now, faith, family, and hard work are the things that keep harold grounded and in touch with the real issues carry citizens face each day he and his wife belinda have two grown daughters and when he's not with them working as a programmer as SAS harold is all about exercise fitness especially tennis and running
1: amen to that yeah amen to
0: that well, you live in a great area for loving tennis and running oh yeah i just i'm kind of ignorant like what exactly does a mayor do all the time
1: well the uh the governments or municipalities in North Carolina set up like a board of directors and it's called a council manager form of government. So we set policy and each municipality has a manager to implement that policy with his staff. So in Cary, our town manager has about 1,200 employees. Wow. Uh, so what we do is considered part-time and we get paid that way. So we, if you count uh, how much we get paid per hour, we're probably less than someone working at McDonald's. So it's got to be a passion for what you do. And uh, so I'm blessed to work with uh, s- seven or six council members that are really passionate about Kerry and making things better, that are apolitical and uh, really all about Kerry.
0: What was going on in 1999 before you decided to get into public office? What was, what was kind of the climate in your life where you said, you know what, maybe, maybe I should
1: be mayor. Oh, I never said that until 2007, <laughs> but it actually started for me in 1997. So I was a, an extreme introvert, as most programmers are. I uh, received this postcard in the mail, and it had like a dozen check boxes. Are you tired of your schools being overcrowded? Or are you tired of sitting at intersections waiting for your car to go through, and et cetera, et cetera? Right. I'm like, sure I am. And uh, well, if you're tired, just send us an email. That's all it said. And I'm like, okay, that's harmless. So I sent an email, and somebody calls me like an hour later. We want you to get involved in this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested in that. And they said, okay, well, we're having a, a gathering uh, to talk about issues and everything. If you want to show up, it's just basically a party. And so I went and um, listened to this candidate that was running for office and thought it was pretty cool. Everything he was saying, I agreed with. So I got involved just a little bit in that campaign. So he gets elected. And the first thing I told him is, hey, you ought to create a blog to let people know what's going on. Because back then, meetings weren't televised. Right. There was nothing live. And the only way you found out about something was after the minutes were approved. So there's like a two month delay. And people were all ticked off about things that were going on, but they were all ticked off two months after it happened. <laughs> and so I'm like, you ought to be, have somebody there at these meetings. He says, you're the programmer. Why don't you do it? Yeah. So I started this thing called Citizens for Balanced Growth and blogged it immediately after the meetings. And within, I don't know, a couple of months, I had like a 1,000 readers. And so the local newspaper did a story on me and, talking about how we had all these readers and everything. And then we started like a chat room kind of thing about issues where people could discuss them. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that really took off and really ended up driving it into the ground because uh, people got nasty and people did all sorts of things they shouldn't have done. Yeah, And uh, so eventually that went away. But anyway, that was my introduction. And once uh, I got involved in that, the guy that helped get elected said... Uh, you, you criticize the town and the council about what, the way they provide information to people. Why don't you uh, chair a board that we're going to create called Information Services Advisory Board? And by the way, that board still exists today. And so me, clueless introvert, I was now a chair of a committee. And uh, that was fun. Uh, we had a staff <laughs> member that was a liaison. And every time I said some, something, she said, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't say that. (laughs) So it was was a real learning experience. I was on that committee for like six months, and then the same candidate said, hey, you need to be on the planning and zoning board. Now, that was very visible. The media showed up to those meetings, and they reported on those meetings because they advised the council. And I remember my first meeting, uh, I get to the table, and all the board members are opening up their packets to – get the material out. I'm like, wait a minute, they delivered that to you a week ago so you could read it. (laughs) So you're telling me you're not reading the stuff? Yeah. And I remember making my remarks at the table and the lady next to me said, well, now that you've had your little say. And so everything was like rubber stamped and I'm like, this is so wrong. Hmm. Uh, So I complained to the guy, I helped get elected. And uh, he says, well, I need somebody to run with me next year. I'm going to run for mayor and I need you to run for council. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not interested in that. So after about a dozen or two dozen times, he beat me down and I agreed to run. And I had no clue what I was doing and basically rode his coattails in the office. And so that's how I got elected to the at-large position.
0: What were some of the issues that you were excited about back when you were just applying to help when you were filling out the survey?
1: Well, some of the main issues are still issues today, and they're always going to be issues, and it's uh, roads, schools, and parks. And a lot of people will call that growth, but when you confront somebody about growth, not, not in a uh, negative way, but in a sure. positive way, you say, well, what are your issues about growth? And they go, roads, schools, and parks. Okay, so if we're growing and we have enough roads, schools, and parks, or road capacity schools and parks, then what's your issue with growth? And they go, don't really have an issue other than it might change how it feels around here. Okay, yeah. what if we protected how it felt around here? Okay. So it's really not about growth. It's right. about all the things that come with growth. And so those were the things that I was upset about in 1997 and 1999 yeah. uh, was the way that growth was being handled and all the byproducts that come with growth. And one of the byproducts they had back then, and it's really complex to talk about Carry is in two river basins, and they were taking water out of one river basin, and then uh, what's returned is put in another river basin. And so you have to get permission from the state. Well, that's like a five- to ten-year process, Mm. and they didn't have that permit, and they were up to the end of their capacity, and they couldn't expand. So they had to put a uh, halt on growth, which is the only way you can halt growth uh, legally you had to stop growth, and then when they le- opened the doors again, it flooded with yeah. all kinds of growth. Uh, there's,
0: there's so much growth going on in Carrie right now. Well,
1: well that's just not true. There's you know, no- we've been growing at less than 2.5% the whole time I've been mayor. So what you're seeing is all the growth happening in one spot, and that's what makes it seem like it's yeah. growing so fast. Because if you're west of Highway 55, all you see is construction around you. Sure. If you live over where I live, near Lockmere, you don't see any growth except for over in Crossroads, mm-hmm. you know, and that's usually redevelopment. But if you're over west of 55, you're like, man, every tree and site's being torn down. <laughs> What's going on?
0: Well, I live close to here, so I guess that's kind of the lens I look through because we're by where Fenton's going in. Oh, yeah. And uh, I get to go. Josh and I are part of a BNI that meets downtown Cary, so we're excited about the library and the new. Parking structure they went in, and the new downtown park plans, and then the rezoning of of what's going on here at Carrytown, which is upcoming. Um, Fire station number nine over here that's getting built. And so it just seems like all this awesome stuff is coming to Carry. And I'm a pro change kind of guy. Like I love this stuff, like when I see stuff going up. Since you've been the mayor in one of a a very transformative period in our history, what have you learned about leading through change?
1: Well, you're always going to get criticism. You're always going to get citizen comment, or you should. That means your citizens care about your community. Yeah. And you're always going to get information from your staff, from the developer, from other uh, vested interest people about projects. So you got all that input, and where your skill comes into play, where your experience comes into play, is weighing all that and saying what's the right thing. Mm -hmm. Now, it should match… What your vision is, and so we went on a vision process called the Cary Community Plan several years ago, and took three years to do it. And we had citizens; we kept going and having these citizens meetings, and they would provide all this information. And then another group of citizens of thirty took all that information and boiled it down to decision points. And that's where the county, uh, the council, got involved. And so. When we talk about how it matches the plan or doesn't match the plan, we're actually talking about the citizen's vision. And we just voted on certain things like in this area, some people said it should be dense and some people said it should be rural. Okay, you got to make a call. It can't be both. <laughs> that's the compromise on that one, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that's the kind of decisions we made. And so the Cary Community Plan is what we follow. And if you watch one of the council meetings, you'll see a staff report where they talk about all the chapters of the Kerry Community Plan, whether it be environment, whether it be how you work, whether it be how you play, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's the recommendations that we go off of is citizen input, developer input, staff input, and uh, how it matches the carry community plan. So that's usually the way the yeah. decisions are made. And since we have a council with over 90 years of experience, we're very versed at that. And we've pretty much seen it all and done it all. So if somebody's coming up there talking about all kind of wonderful things, we go, is that a condition to your proposal? Well, no. And then I'll tell them. I have to consider the worst case scenario to protect my citizens. Yeah. And that's usually when they gulp real hard and then they come back later with more conditions. So don't show me pretty pictures. I don't want to see it. (laughs) I want to see the conditions.
0: So now being mayor for for the entire town of Cary, which is, I think we're at 166,000?
1: 167,060 square miles. And just a fun fact, uh, we're 33% larger land mass wise in Paris, France. Oh, really? Yeah, they're 40 square miles. That so. is a fun fact. Oh, wow. I know, it is And if we were in South Carolina, we'd have the largest population. So we're bigger than any municipality in South Carolina.
0: But when do we stop being a town?
1: <laughs> so that's only a charter thing. Okay. And so that's been discussed a lot. And in fact, we have a branding campaign going on now. And to choose the branding company, that was the question we asked. Should we be a town or should we be a city? Oh, yeah. And that's a tough one for a branding company. They're like, ooh, if I say this, that might offend this person, it might offend Mm -hmm. that person. So they all danced around it and basically all said, yeah, you should stay a town. So we're the second largest town in the nation. And the largest town in the nation, I believe, is Gilbert, Arizona. And they were having a referendum, and I don't know how that turned out, of whether they should be a town or a city. Hmm. So if we decided we wanted to be a city, then we would have to change our charter, which would require legislative approval, which I don't think the legislature cares one way or another. But, uh, so that's where the town come from. It's basically yeah. a name.
0: That's that's very interesting. Yeah.
2: Town does have a certain cool factor. Well, we Unique. want
1: we want to have, even though we've grown large and we continue to grow, we want to have the small town feel. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be certain areas that don't have that, that'll have an urban feel. But for the most part, We want to have that small town feel. About 70 to 75% of the town is residential, and most of that is single-family residential. And we don't want to change that mix. However, we do want to bring in more office and retail to support that. And over the years, we've done that. Uh, When I became mayor, more people left Cary to go to work. Then uh, state and carry announced the opposite: more yeah. people come in than leave.
0: I've heard we recently w- did we win an award for like being one of the better places in the nation to move your company headquarters to?
1: We get dozens of accolades every year. Yeah, the one I remember last year the most was fifth in the nation for best places to live, mm-hmm. and the ones that were above us, we actually visited one. It's interesting; they have a home rule state, and what that means. Is no matter what municipality you are or what rules there are, you can do whatever you want. Whereas in North Carolina, it's more like a Dillon's rule state—not quite a Dillon's rule state—and you can look that up. But basically, what it means, you can't do anything unless the legislature says you can. So the legislature says, "Hey, you can do fire, police, water, sewer, and parks." Yeah, and beyond that is you know very restricted. Um, so. That to be number five in the nation with both hands tied behind our back. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I I love your story about how you got into politics. It didn't seem like you had political aspirations in the way that, you know, I might think of somebody who doesn't know a lot about politics, but you just said, I just, I want to help. You got involved. You must've had some great mentors along Uh, the way.
1: So I, I learned a lot. I think the first two years I was manipulated a lot and I learned a lot. And then the last two years of my first term, uh, I started voting my conscience, and the the guy I helped get elected mayor called me Mister No, because I was voting against just about everything he proposed. <laughs> just really got irritated with me. Interestingly enough, he got thrown out of office, and since I wrote his coattails in, I wrote his coattails out mm-hmm. as well. And so I said, "Okay, I'm done. I I really, you know, I like being a software engineer. I didn't have any problem with that, so I go back to that. And I had two daughters that were in school and at home and i could spend time with them and it Mm -hmm. was a great time to be with the family but is interestingly enough that four-year period i was off the council people kept calling me and asking how do you get the council to do this how do you have this happen in town how does that happen in town and then in 2007 there was this big i don't know if you've gone to the high davis and high house intersection so, there are two massive projects yeah, there. Yeah. One's called the Bradford that's there now, and the other is Searstone. And they were very controversial. And, um, were they? What
0: were they controversial for?
1: Well, <laughs> I don't know if I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but um, I'll just use the Bradford. So, back then, there was a rule that said if 20% of the contiguous property protested, then it would take six out of seven council members to approve. So the developer didn't have that. My understanding was he carved out a piece and sold it. Mm. And then he got it approved four to three. And guess what? It got built later. You know, mm. Not a surprise. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was very unethical. And I was working with a group at the time and helping them lobby the current council because I knew some of them. And I said, it looks like it's going to go down four to three and you're going to lose, which it did exactly that. We only flipped one person. And I said, so you have a choice now. You need to find a candidate to run for mayor and change this out and change the council out, or you're gonna continue to see this move forward, just like this, this unethical stuff and people that really don't some people believe they are disrespected at the council table. You know, you come to speak and they go, your time's up, sit down. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've ever watched my meetings, I go like this. I go, I am so sorry to have to interrupt you. Your time has expired. If you have additional comments, I would love to see them. If you could leave them with the town clerk, I would love to and or you can email me at any time. Yeah. Or you could come back at our next council meeting.
0: I did watch one of the meetings online and I thought you did a great job of kind of maneuvering the meeting. Cause anytime you have an open mic, yeah. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and and you have to understand that they're they're the CEO of me. You know, I right. they're in charge at the top of the org chart and I report to them. And so if I'm disrespecting my boss, then my boss is going to fire me. So, <laughs> yeah. so you don't re- disrespect your boss. Uh, so anyway, yeah. getting back to the story in 2007. So that group of people decided to form a PAC, and they started looking for uh, mayoral candidates. And, of course, they asked me, and I said, no, no way. And uh, they insisted, and I said, i tell you what. I'll ask my wife, who in 2003 said, you'll never run for office again. And I'm like, okay. I said, so I'll ask her. And if she says, okay, then I'll run. And so we're on a family vacation. That'll make it even better. I know she won't say yes. <laughs> we're at the beach. We're relaxing at dinner. I said, hey, guess what? People ask me to run for mayor. What do you think I ought to do? She says, you got to do this. I'm like, are you kidding? She's like, No. So so, why
0: did she say, like, so obviously you thought she wasn't going to. Yeah. Why do you think she was pro, like, yeah, you should?
1: I think she saw a lot that went on in the four years, and she saw how things happened, and she didn't think that was right. And so she thought that I could do a better job. Mm. Um, And she's always been my biggest supporter, of course. So, yeah, that's how I I filed. And uh, when I filed, I think uh, the incumbent mayor had already had $100,000 in the bank or whatever, and so I felt well, you know, this is a long shot at best. Um, I'll file and at least I'll have a platform to point out all the things I think that are wrong and people will hear it. Yeah. Uh, So that was the plan. But within a week, I had several phone calls of people thanking me, wanting to give me money. One lady was crying. I'm like, wow, I had no idea. I thought it was just me. Mm. And there's a lot of people that are upset. And so people created this ground roots, gra- uh, grassroots campaign, and uh, I beat him pretty soundly, uh, and he outspent me eight to one. Mm. And, and that was pretty amazing, not for me, but to see the people get that energized and make right. that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it's impressive.
0: So uh, did you have any lessons that you learned along the way from mentors in the process?
1: Like- oh, yeah. There's so many lessons I've learned. Um, so when I was on council, there was an us versus them. And I was with the us, and then I got thrown off, and the them were there. <laughs> and then when I ran, I ran a campaign called Balance Carry because I said the pendulum's got to stop. It's got to stop with this us versus them, Yeah, and we've got to work together. And so right after I got elected, I forgot some issue came up, and some of the people that were part of the them uh, asked to meet with me, and they ambushed me, and just basically it was a unpleasant time for an hour where they screamed and yelled and said things I won't repeat uh, for an hour. And then after that, I said, so where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked a person that I admired that worked for the town, I said, how would you handle this? And they said, it's all about communication. If you want to work together as a group, you've got to all respect each other um and respect of course is earned it's not given and you have to earn that respect and the way you earn that respect is work with them every day call them every day what are their issues every day you might not like what they have to say to you but you've got to earn their respect and that's the way you earn it yeah and that was one of the early lessons i learned and uh, over the years i've gained their respect and we work well together as a team and i can tell you there's some pro-trump supporters there's anti-trump supporters We are so far left and far right on that council, but you would never know it if you watch us because we all work together and respect each other and we all care about what's going on in Kerry. And that's the way it should be in democracy. Absolutely. So,
0: um, as a, as a person who has been successful in business as well as, uh, successful in leading a city, what do you find are some of the, the, the critical skills that you have in place that help you be successful?
1: Um, goes back to elementary school, reading and writing and listening. Um, I think listening is very important. Never disregard what anyone has to say. Even if you think you know what they're going to say, try to listen with an open mind. You may surprise yourself. I know over the years there's been decisions where I go, they are so wrong. I lost this decision. That was a dumb mistake. We're going to pay for that. And then I look back and I'm go, wow, they were right. Hmm. I was wrong, but most of the time I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a skill to really listen with an open mind. And, right. and same thing for all the speakers. So I've served 16 years and you hear, I hate to say it, but the same things over sure. and over, you know, you're cutting down all the trees, you know, why don't you care about trees? Well, you know, do care about trees and we have strong ordinances about trees, but that property doesn't belong to you or me. It belongs to the person they have the right to develop and we can't stop it. We don't have any authorization. You know, That's what I want to say, but I can't say that. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to listen and respect and understand where they're coming from. And what I try to do in that situation is help them understand the process. Uh, Help them understand... What we have authority to do, and what we have authority not to do, and what's going to happen next, and when things are going to happen, so you can stay involved, and how you can get in touch with me to give me your feedback. I may agree with you, I may not agree with you, but it's important that you know that I'm listening to you. Yeah. Uh, and send me information. You can change my mind, and I usually go to the table, ninety to ninety-five percent of the time, with an open mind. You know, I'm leaning, and we have staff meetings on the Mondays before the Thursday meetings. And I'll tell them, I've called council members and here's where I think people are leaning so that they have an idea where it might go so they won't be surprised. But all of us will listen to the arguments at the table yeah. and we can change our minds. And again, that's the way democracy is democracy's supposed to work.
0: I think that's yeah. such a critical skill. And a lot of the people that come on, a lot of people that listen are entrepreneurs, business owners in that in that kind of realm. Is there any kind of like, Great questions you find to be an active listening participant? Because this is such an important skill that we should all have. And it makes a ton of sense in my mind that our mayor would be a fantastic listener in being skilled in the area of of helping or understanding what people are saying.
1: Well, I I try to put myself in their shoes. I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I spoke in public and I told you I was an introvert and I was literally shaking yeah all parts of my body was and i never spoken in public mm-hmm. before and i see people up there and i you know i'll say take your time a- and if you're kind to them and gentle to them and look them in the eye when they're talking they usually calm down and some people get upset and cry and you say you know take your time yeah so it's basically understanding the situation you're in when you're listening uh, there are other listening skills when you're listening to staff and counsel that is totally different right or when you're listening to a developer Okay, he's blowing smoke, how much of this is smoke and how much of this is real? You know? <laughs> and you have to you know, pull that apart and right. get to the meat of the stuff. But
0: you can't ask a question like, how much of this is smoke and how much of this is real? No, that,
1: that comes with the experience, it really yeah. does, and like I said, 90 years of experience between us, we've kind of seen it all and done it all, so it helps. <laughs>
0: This show is produced at Podcast Carry, a professional studio making podcasting simple and fun. Located in Vibe Coworking in Cary, North Carolina. Want to start a podcast to create great content for your business and establish yourself as a thought leader in your city? Go to podcastcarry.com. Connect with your
1: audience. Grow your brand.
0: What are your hobbies? So I'm, I am want to switch gears a little bit and okay. talk about things you're passionate about.
1: So I'm, I'm passionate about uh, exercise, uh, specifically tennis and running. Um, when I have my uh, physical, which I do once a year, I hear basically the same thing. Your numbers are incredible. You have a serious addiction. And I go to what? And It's endorphins. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a bad addiction. Yeah. Um, So I'm 63, and for the first time in my life, it caught up to me. So I'm two and a half weeks out of arthroscopic surgery on my left knee. Uh, But, however, I went to my PT today, and he says, you blew my two-week plan out of the water, Mm. and I'm not sure what to tell you to do because I have no pain now. After two and a half weeks, Uh, I'm ready to take the next step. And so tomorrow I think I'm going to stand there with a ball machine and see what happens. See if I can get back on the tennis court. Um, I'd love to get back to play in tournaments. Haven't done that since I was mayor, but I used to be ranked. and I'd love to be ranked again, but that takes too much time. Yeah. Uh, but those are my passions as far as uh, exercise go. And then, um, of course, I like to be around my wife and kids. My One lives in Brooklyn and the other one lives on the coast. Those uh, take up pretty much all my time. I have a full-time job at SAS, full-time job as mayor. And then I exercise in between, and that's pretty much it. How do you
2: balance life between SAS and being the mayor? Is there a special room you go into and your your mayor suit just drops on you and you walk out (laughs) as the mayor?
1: You know, that's a very good question that I was never prepared for. Uh, So the first year, I would say, or year and a half, I would be at work and I would have a separate laptop. They're not as strict anymore. You can use your current machine for both. Uh, And I would get town stuff and I would be doing work stuff. And the transition back and forth to the day uh, during the day was very, um, I don't know, it interrupted everything I was doing, the thought process, and then you had to refocus, and I couldn't do that very well. And now I can transition back and forth without any uh, problems at all, and I do. Staff stays in contact with me all waking hours and seven days a week about anything that's going on and any questions they have or, Any questions I have Um, and I'm the first stop for people that have questions Uh, so I get complaints about everything and I have to redirect it to the appropriate person so they can get a response and and staff is very good about responding within the day no matter what it is some you might think is ridiculous and some is pretty serious Uh, but make sure that they get response and a lot of people are surprised that uh, I respond so fast but I keep a clean email box and I sit in front of a computer all day long. So mm. you're going to get a response as soon as I have a chance to respond. <laughs> and I'm able to turn it all off. I go home um, when I'm done, and I'll put the phone. I li- they say leave your phone by the back door. So I have my charger there. Plug it in and turn it off. Now I'm done. So if you want to get in touch with me, good yeah. luck.
2: When do you run? In mornings or? Midday? So it's
1: usually when I have time. Um a lot of times it'll be at lunch, so usually middle of the day, but I also wake up and do about an hour's worth of stuff, whatever that may be. usually it's weights or uh, abdominal stuff i have have this nice universal machine in my house. What time
2: know. do you like to wake up on average?
1: Uh, I wake up about five thirty of course, today I woke up at four thirty huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the time changed. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, making myself try to sleep, and finally at 5 o'clock I got up and said, this is ridiculous, you're just laying here, you're not sleeping, yeah. get up. Monday, Wednesday, Friday are my weight days, and Tuesday, Thursday my abdominals. And, and usually to save my knees and my ankles, I try to run mostly on the weekend. And I have to train for running by using the elliptical. So there's one type of elliptical that lifts up as well as out. Mm-hmm. And it's like stairs and elliptical, and that helps you train for running so that's how i train
2: there's a bicycle now that's like an elliptical bicycle i've seen it on the greenway trail
1: i've actually rode one of those those are pretty cool yeah it it was really strange yeah i'm sure (laughs) uh but somebody tried to get me to buy one i forgot the price tag on it yeah they were not cheap you're like no thanks i'll stick to (laughs) my
2: knees
0: (laughs) i had a thought what have you learned is the difference between like because you work at SAS, which is a fantastic company here in the triangle it's a big organization and then you work in the mayor's office What have you noticed are some of the maybe primary differences or or similarities between public service and corporate life?
1: So it's really interesting to me from my point of view. Uh, People think, oh, well, you're the mayor. You must have a high management job at SaaS." No, I write code. And so I have a better understanding of where my management team is coming from having been on the other side and look, you know, looking hmm. at staff and working with staff and trying to get everyone in the organization to understand what we're trying to get across. And so when management team asks questions or gives directives, I ask specific questions that will help me perform my job better. And I think that's how I've improved the last 12 years at SAS is I understand better where the management team is coming from. And they appreciate that. So they trust me. And now I'm mentoring a lot more people, which takes away my time, doesn't give me any extra time to do my job. (laughs) 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 But it it helps other people um, come up to the level that that we're trying to be at work.
0: So So does it ever happen at SAS? You're, You're a programmer. That uh, somebody just doesn't
1: know that you're mayor, and then they kind (laughs) of, they find out, they're like, oh, don't
0: talk to him like that, man. He's the mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's the mayor at the cafeteria.
1: Yeah, when you're in these uh, group meetings or committee meetings, somebody will inevitably bring that up. And most people, it's interesting, it's cultural almost. Most people in the U.S. don't care, or some might, but if you have someone with an Asian background, uh, or something else. They they look at that and they go, "Wow, really? Yeah. Well, that's because, like, uh, in India, mayor is a mayor of uh, like a million people, and he yeah. controls everything. He's what they call a strong mayor. And like I said, we're more like a board of directors. Yeah. And they don't understand that.
2: Uh, Just let them feel, let's just let them fear you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's a big joke in the house. You know, everybody's saying, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And, you know, we're like, I can't, I don't have authority. Come on, Mayor Abuse it. (laughs) I'm fun with that title. So the kids always call me like the czar. (laughs) Come
2: on, czar. Well, you're cool (laughs) too, the kids, because the coding is cool now again, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) Like it's come back and. Yeah.
0: So what about how things get done? Have you noticed any difference in the way things get done in city government versus in corporate America?
1: Yes. So good thing about this council is we had to replace a town manager that retired about three years ago. Mm -hmm. So we were only six. So there was not a majority. And you don't want a majority in that case anyway. You want a unanimous. And after four months, we were like 3-3. And I said, let's go around the table here. Tell me a percentage where you are. And everybody was 80%. I'm like, (laughs) We're not going to change anybody's mind. <laughs> We're just wasting our time. It's time to start over. And so we started over. And we took a different approach. And uh, we approached candidates or people that weren't even considering rather than having them apply. You know, it's a totally different approach. And we found this guy at Elgin, Illinois, uh, that's just an out of the box thinker. He's just an amazing manager and he has really transformed the staff. He has people. I'll give you an example. Our former fire chief, he had him acting as the interim planning director because he found out that he had a planning background and he was having people do all kinds of strange stuff like that. At least you thought it was strange, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got him so energized because they're not stuck in working in what they're doing. They can do anything they want and mm-hmm. you'll challenge them. And he communicates with them often and tries to challenge them and tries to keep their interest. And, and the ones that don't, he encourages them to consider doing something else. You know? yeah. uh, and so the staff I've seen really be energized in the last two years and really seem to change. And when we go to things like yesterday and when we cut the ribbon for the library, you yeah. see staff members there and they're excited. Yeah. And these are not the ones that planned it you know, whatever, they're just excited to be a part of all this. And that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And so people from around the nation come here to see how it's done with a lot of the things that we do. So we've seen that just in the last two or three years, which is pretty amazing. And that's stuff that people don't see. The outcome of that is, I think, we're the number five in the nation, a lot of corporations coming here, and we have the lowest tax rate in Wake County with the highest quality of life. That's not an accident. That's because we're very efficient at everything we do, and it has to do with the council. It has to do with the management. It has to do with the staff, and it has to do with partnerships with key partners like the Chamber of Commerce or certain business leaders. All that coming together to make the perfect storm is where you get the high quality of life with the lowest cost.
0: Yeah, I know. Just as a <clears throat> as a citizen of Cary, we've been here for almost ten years now. It's a fantastic place to live. Like yeah. we have we've have enjoyed it so much. I didn't I'm not a big nature person, or at least I didn't think I was until I got out on the greenways. Like there's just something awesome about walking your dog on the greenways. Joe
2: loves to see rabbits. <laughs> the dog loves real to see
0: rabbits. See
1: rabbits. <laughs> Eighty miles of greenways in Kerry. Yeah. And we're working on the last segment, which will have a a connection all the way from Umstead to the American Tobacco Trail. Oh, that's epic. uninterrupted. Yeah. And that will be so awesome. So you'll be able to go from somewhere north of Raleigh all yeah. the way through Cary Tobacco Trail through Durham. And it's part of the East Coast Greenway, which is. I forgot how many hundreds of miles, and yeah. we got a big chunk of it. So it's a oh. pretty cool place to be as far as greenways. Yeah. I've,
2: I've spent a lot. I spend a lot of time on the Greenway system, and I have a photograph, a full page of my son and our puppy on the American Tobacco Trail in Carry Living Magazine, as part as this current issue. Anyway, it's a great place. I lived near uh, Lockmere for six years, and uh, near and Waverly Place was really the place that we uh, hung out the most. We ended up buying a house in Apex, but that six years at Waverly Place was such a great time because my wife was saying, let's buy so we have equity. And I said, well, I'm, sewing, I'm building relationship equity just by living at Waver- in Lockmere, Waver- Waverly Place. And now it's, so that's a special place to us. And
1: yeah you mentioned Apex. So it's yeah. really interesting to me out of the 12 municipalities, three of us are pretty much grown to our borders mm-hmm. and for the most part, 80, 90%. And that's Cary, Marsville, Raleigh. And so we're seeing redevelopment. All the other municipalities are where Kerry was in the nineties, yeah. including Apex. And they're yeah. seeing that revolt stop the growth that I was a part of in nineteen ninety seven. And so I'm like, wow, we've been there, done that. Right. I can help you. And and I've actually talked to the actually the elections tomorrow, but he's running unopposed. The new mayor elect, Jacques Gilbert. Hmm. Fantastic guy. And oh. I think he's gonna do amazing things. Is he French? Like no, <laughs> sounds
0: French. So having navigated both types of change, which one do you think is more challenging?
1: Redevelopment's always more challenging. When you have a greenfield, you don't have a lot of people out there to protest. You right. know, you're just building in an open space. But when you're building that's in a place that's completely surrounded by existing things, that's tough because people, by nature, have a hard time with change. Yeah. And I'm a perfect example uh, my wife and kids make fun of me because, you know, if you have something misplaced in my house, I'm going to go put it back in its place. I'm just like that. So I don't like change either. You've got to really pay attention to what's going on and really listen to people. And that gets back to that carry community plan and the vision. Right. And I always tell staff, if I can't defend this, I'm not going to vote for it. You know, I got to look the person in the eye and say, this is why we're doing this. Yeah. You know, not because, hey, I have a gut feel that this might be nice. I right. got to be able to defend it, and that, you know, that's very important to me. And that really comes into play when you're talking about infill and redevelopment.
0: So what do you think right now uh, is the issue that you're most excited about in Cary?
1: So I think there are three um, that are the exciting pieces, but the most exciting ones right now, one yesterday was the library opening up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the bond referendum, which was huge, $225 million, that's a lot of money and that's going to do a big make a big difference in our roads and our parks. So we're going to have the downtown park be built over the next 3 to 4 years, but in the next year or two you'll start seeing phases of that open up. Yeah. That's going to be cool. That parking deck that's right next to the park, there's a proposal going through now, and if that's approved that will wrap the deck with residential on two sides. An office on the other, with retail all along the bottom.
2: Holy Christmas! I parked in it yesterday. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, that'll be co- totally wrapped. And then at the corner of uh, Harrison, totally wrapped
0: all the way around, like even the except for the library, except yeah. for the library, yeah. So. yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, wow. And so then at the corner of Harrison and Chatham is going to be another mixed use development, and that will be just as large. And they've been working. There were three partners in that: the Baptist Church, the town and the developer, and they've been working on that for close to 10 years. Right. And that's coming through, too. I've been
0: reading about that one. It's very interesting.
1: So if you put those hundreds of people right there, now you're going to see shops and restaurants really explode because that's where the people are. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. And then you talk about the mall redeveloping. Um, That's going to be exciting. We still – have issues that I haven't answered yet. We're talking about Get this
2: to, mall we're sitting in now. That's or, right. But, yeah, Town Um you know,
1: they're proposing 1800 apartments. You're yeah, going to have to I know. You're going to have to show me how that plays out in traffic studies. You're going to have to show me aesthetically mm-hmm. that that's not going to be overwhelming. And if you can do that, you might change my mind. But that's where I am now. I'm really concerned about that. Would that involve that's the demolition? Demolition of so, I think it'll be phases. Phases. I think they'll start taking some buildings down. I've heard if they could get a tenant, they would take one of the old uh, department buildings and glass all the walls and do that temporarily for a few years while they redevelop the rest of it. But then I've heard from them that they want to get it done in like two to three years. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty aggressive. Yeah. Whereas, uh, so the 1800 homes is a part of it, but there's also a lot of office space and a lot of. Uh, hotels, convention centers, uh, main street, restaurants. There'll be a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Then across the street, you have the Fenton, where the whole reason they came here in the first place was to build a Wegmans. And they've been working now for over three years to get that Wegmans in. <laughs> yeah. And now you've got one in Raleigh. We were the first one to be approached. you got one in Raleigh. We've got another one in Cary coming at Man, Davis. people from
0: the north love Wegmans. Oh, they go crazy. They're I've never thousands. been in one. Yeah. But, man, yeah. they're like you see somebody light up from like the roof. New yeah. York or something. Yeah, light up. Light yeah, light
2: lights. up. I'm Come going on. there every day. Yeah, <laughs> with a New York accent. And they call right. it the food store. Well, aren't we yeah. known to have the first Trader Joe's in North Carolina?
1: Oh, could be. I don't know.
2: It's in there. Look in the back of Trader Joe's on Kildare Farm Road. It says first one in uh, North Carolina. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, really? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Wow. So I learned cool.
1: something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you are you up for a challenge then? Since I won that little, yeah. Game? Let's do a. a I want to challenge you to a race through the mall.
1: <laughs> right well, Your knee's I better. A, I got a bum knee right now. Oh, that's it's my bad. excuse. Said it's better. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you
0: know. the uh, yeah, that's supposed to be Fenton you were mentioning. So that's the oh, other side of so, carry Yeah,
1: yeah. The, so the other side, they're not going to compete, whereas you think they might. So the the first thing you'll see is a Wegmans with a two level parking deck to go with it, and then part of their Main Street, and that was part of a developer agreement, which we've learned over the years that's the way you do it, so that you don't get something. That's okay, that's a piece of this, but we're really interested in the rest of it. And that person goes, you know what, I'm selling, I'm done. And then they sell it and these other people don't build what you want. And they come in and say, you know, I don't have a market for that. I really want to build this instead. And that's how you see it all deteriorate. However, if you have a development plan that says you could build this piece first, but you got to build all these other pieces too. And so that's what's going on with the Fenton. So, yeah, they'll have phases as well. Uh, But their first piece should have part of that main street and it should have uh, the Fenton and it should have an entertainment uh, sector to it. Um, So that'll be exciting, even in phase one. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited. That'll probably come together
0: faster because it won't include demolition. Mm -hmm. They're just laying all the infrastructure stuff. Now it seems like they've got all the pipes and they're they're. Excavating the land and and getting at
1: it. And they're going to have greenways going through there. We paid a lot of attention to that and respecting the streams and all the stuff and how things interact. What I'd really like to see that I don't know how we'll get there. If we'll get there is a big pedestrian bridge from the Fenton to the Mall. That would be cool. Mm, If you can marry them together, but that would be massively costly. It costs a lot of money to do that.
0: I know. So my daughter and both of my daughters go to East Cary and then the Cary High School. So I got one in either. And uh, I know it got brought up there. And that's just one of the things I would really love to see is some kind of walkway for the kids going across as more traffic comes up.
1: There is a tunnel under Carytown Boulevard. I don't know what shape it's in, but there is a tunnel. Really? Yeah. yeah. So there is a tunnel near where I live over near Lockmere. There's a tunnel that goes under Cary Parkway, but it's like a foot of water. A low yeah. ceiling, you know, you're like, no, nah, I'm not going in there. Yeah. Just There's let the kids army crawl into the street. It's okay, yeah. you're safe. Go but, for yeah. but <laughs> it. But it was originally built there, you know. it's so walking. I'm, yeah, I imagine it's the same sort of thing that goes under Town Boulevard. It's probably not too appealing to go yeah. into there.
0: Are there any, having seen some of the plans that the developers are coming up with, are there any kind of comparisons that – You would say it'll be like this or it'll be like-esque, this kind of development? So
1: people want to say the mall and or Fenton are going to be like North Hills, and we're saying, no, it's not. It's going to be better. Uh, I know the Fenton is only looking for restaurants that are chef-owned restaurants, and they're only looking for top-end shops, not chain shops that— you know, really having a the time. They're struggling because everybody can buy everything online. Yeah. Uh, they're not looking for that. So they're looking for something that's really unique. They're looking for an entertainment value that's unique. Yeah. And they're looking to bring office buildings in there too. So have people, and residential, of course. So you have people live, work, and play there, which is their. Is there an amount of doors
0: yeah. that they're shooting for over in Fenton?
1: Uh, there's probably a number, and I can't remember what that number yeah. is.
0: Is it similar to what they're proposing for the mall here? Or? No, I think it's less. Less. But that's the, that's, I think I read, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that that's the largest development in Cary's history. 90, 90 acres. Yes,
1: it is. 90 acres. Fenton. Yeah. And, and the mall's, the mall's like 70-something acres, so it's yeah. right behind it. So, I yeah. bet a lot
0: of people would be pretty surprised to find that the mall is actually smaller
1: than the Fenton development.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But two of those things right next to each other, it's going to be, uh, I mean, five years, this area. is going to totally change. And yeah. what's,
1: what's going to be interesting also is between, the Fenton in the mall, I'll, I'll attach them together, and the downtown, all that's going to kind of explode. So all the property in between yeah. is going to see a change as well, and that's yeah. your uh, uh, your infill and redevelopment in there, and and that yeah. includes, you know, large trailer parks are in that area, right? And people are screaming right now about affordable housing. What are you going to do? Are you oh, going to yeah. take those affordable housing trailers away? Oh yeah, and throw these people out? You know, what's going to happen with that? So yeah. that'll be, when you talk about tough decisions, when you get to that, somebody proposes, hey, I'm going to take away the yeah. trailer park and propose this instead. Now, I want to make sure anybody listening to this, nobody's proposed that, nobody right. said that. I'm just speculating. <laughs> Not a thing, <laughs> just speculating. <Speculations>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if that happens, that'll be a very tough decision.
0: I found it very interesting. I mean, it makes sense. But in downtown, when the the library started going up, there were some of the lots. That would get knocked down and then redevelop completely. Yes. And these seeing that a lot gorgeous homes going up like facing what might be the new park area, mm-hmm. right so along that where it's going <laughs>
1: to get developed as the as the city. They're going for nine hundred thousand dollars. It's crazy. Way. Yeah, I well, saw some of the that's prices. That's a lot of money.
2: Yeah. What's going to happen with the old Cary Library?
1: So right now, uh, for the rest of the year up until like January, they have asbestos in there, so that has to be mitigated, whatever that means. They'll remove it. And then once they remove it, they're going to level it, and so from there to Harrison Avenue, the town owns that. So in January for everywhere, you're probably going to see an RFP. So show us pretty pictures and tell us what you're thinking about building there, and then we'll go from there. That's all this plan so far. Yeah, I blog once a week, by the way, and I laid oh, that okay. out this week. So how would that work?
0: What's a what's an RFP?
1: So a request for a proposal. Okay. So, you know, you probably see somebody comes in and say, I want to build 1,800 apartments, and I'll go, no. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, what you're likely going to see is a mix of uses, and they'll probably have to have conditions to make sure it blends with what's on Academy because Academy is our signature street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when they built the maintenance, we spent a lot of time talking about how that's going to look. Yeah. And when they built the library, if you look at the library, it's all glass except for the right side. It's brick with these uh, rectangular windows, and that was intentionally done to blend into the yeah. Cary Arts Center. Mm.
0: You can and tell it was done with intention. We their, got to interview Colin, who's the owner over there at the maintenance, maiden, yeah. and it came up on the podcast how much it really looks like downtown Cary, even though it's new.
1: And people have asked me what was that before it was the maintenance? Like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> and so the the proposal for the the other area to be in developed downtown. I think I've heard that it was between like the church and where the the, the corner is on Academy and.
1: That's, oh, yeah, 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 you're exactly right. So the church has parking. If you're on Academy looking at the church, they have parking to the right. Mm -hmm. And so it will take some of that, take some of that land. And I forgot the agreement between the developer and the church, what he's going to do for them. He's going to do significant things, uh, build them a building, I think. And uh, his parking deck will have spaces for them.
0: That's got to be complex if it's taken 10 years. There's uh, got to be a lot going on there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're working with a group of elders in a church, and I say that from my church, uh, that uh, it's going to be difficult to get things yeah. done.
0: I could see that. <laughs> I spent some time working on a church. What do you think is the most challenging issue facing Kerry coming up?
1: I think it will be redevelopment and uh, fighting partisanship. Uh, we get People requesting all the time, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And it's all partisan. And while I might think strongly, yeah. and I left, I'm left a center, so I think strongly one way, that doesn't mean that's our business. Our business is to focus on how we can make Kerry better. Sure. Yet these things have an impact on Kerry, but they do at a global level. We need to focus on local issues.
0: What are some of the issues that you would say are partisan issues?
1: Trump's Paris climate agreement I read today that, He's decided to officially pull out or whatever, so that's going to create a whole new firestorm. And then you have gun rights, then you have abortion, you have all those things that are national issues, and yeah, they're important. Uh, but how does that, how does it move carry forward for us to pass a resolution one way or another? Yeah, it doesn't. So resolutions like that only do one thing: they make a group of people feel good, and they make a group of people feel bad. And they divide us. And that's the exact opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to bring people together.
0: So you mentioned uh, right off the bat uh, three things. It was road, schools, and parks. If, if the development in Fenton happens and the development here happens in 1,800 doors, in your opinion, are we good on road, schools, and parks?
1: Well, we're going to find out about the uh, traffic of the roads. And that's I've asked for traffic studies. I asked for traffic studies in three different ways. Instead of eighteen hundred, what if we had twelve hundred or six hundred? What if we had
0: twenty four hundred? And there's new roads proposed as well, right? Like internal roads. Internal roads. Yes, Uh,
1: but I want to know how that plays out in traffic, including the Fenton. When the mall was popular, were the roads crazy busy at Christmas time? At Christmas time, and trying to get parking spaces here at Christmas time was crazy. And that's why I love shopping online. <laughs> I don't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> so does the rest of the narrative. Yes, <laughs> They bring it to my front door. How sweet is that? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, um, I love to ask this question, and I'm just curious what your thoughts would be. Having gone through all the years of experience and, and seen the things change and everything you've been a part of here as the mayor of Cary, if you could borrow the DeLorean from Back to the Future and go back to 1997, mm and tell yourself, you had 60 seconds to give yourself some advice about being one day the future mayor of Cary. What do you think you would tell yourself?
1: Well, myself back then said, no way that's ever going to happen. But, <laughs> uh, I would tell them uh, the skills I've learned. Uh, don't be so absolute. Never make up your mind until all the evidence is in, and then make up your mind and live with it. Don't lose sleep over it. I can tell you in 99 when I was an elected official, when I made decisions that I lost, and I go, what's wrong with those idiots? You know, and I would lose sleep over it. You have to let it go. That decision has been made. It's gone. You know, let it go. Move on. And do not you're now a team. Don't criticize your team for how the team performed. Like if you were on a football team and somebody fumbled the ball or threw an interception, you're not going to go, you suck. You know, you're going to say, you know, hey, that's okay. We're a team. We're yeah. together. We're working together no matter what. You know, if if somebody did something you didn't like, you don't care. We're working together. And that's the approach I think I would tell myself. It's make sure that it's not an us versus them. It's we. We work together to make good things happen. If you think about it, it makes sense. If you have seven people coming up with their best ideas and discussing things at length and leaving no stone unturned, as opposed to a majority that, we want things this way, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. Which do you think is going to turn out better? I, you know, Seven mm-hmm. people, they're going to come up with the best solutions. Yeah. So that's the kind of advice I think I would give myself.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, coming sure. On yeah. and chatting it's, been, with us.
1: it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we really enjoyed speaking with you. It's been fantastic. Yes. And um, anything coming up that you want to let the – Anything you want to bring some attention to?
1: A lot of holiday things coming up. I know I'm lighting the tree Saturday at Parkside Commons, and then Waverly is yeah. later November on a Friday night. Are we starting night. Christmas sooner? Yeah, we are. We okay. are? I'm it's like, what about, I what thought about was, Thanksgiving? It's always, oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: Christmas is up everywhere,
2: man. Like If you'd go anywhere, they got the decorations. You're lighting on. trees before Thanksgiving?
1: One of them is One Saturday. Them. Yeah. Saturday. And then uh, Waverly is, yeah, that's before Thanksgiving as well. How about that? and then the Cary christmas parade which i'm in it twice which is a oh first boy. for me uh is, is like uh, the first full week of december so we're in it then
2: are you going to be in full santa gear
1: no but i'll tell you what so th- at the beginning of the parade you know the mayor's there i wear a top hat yeah and i throw out candy yeah and i n- learned over some experience i learned you don't throw out hard candy <laughs> 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 i hit her a reporter right between the eyes is taking a picture. <laughs> he lowered his camera and looked at me and said, really? <laughs> <laughs> no way he's believing that was an accident. <laughs> I hope he got the shot. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so I'm in the beginning of the parade and I did a play about a month or two I guess it's more like three months ago where I was George Washington uh-huh. and we were in full attire and everything. So my plan is to get a golf cart at the end of the parade, drive me all the way around to town hall, change clothes back into George Washington and then get on a float and then go do George Washington. I love that.
2: It'll be exciting.
0: This will be our first year with the parking garage for the parade. I heard George
2: Washington drank a lot of beer. You can have some Bond Brothers pints and holly, holly, holly. (laughs) So in the play we did, it was
1: really interesting. One of the lines that kept coming up and I was supposed to be real stern and never smiled and is one of the, and when it's about the, it was constitution day and it was one of the uh, signers of the constitution kept demanding because I had locked the doors and the windows. Demanding we open the doors and adjourn to nearby tavern for a beverage. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I kept thinking in my mind that sounds like a great idea. Was well, it him
2: that said beer is proof that God exists and loves me, that sort of thing, <laughs> or somebody?
1: I think I I think I remember
0: that being like a president or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin or somebody. So you, you have a lot to
2: tara. look forward to, and we appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: We love making this stuff for
0: you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today?